This is Gross Anatomy, where pop culture meets health culture. Let's get to it. How are you at Gross Anatomy today? Just okay. Why just okay? Um, I'm in the middle of, you know what? I should be way more than okay. I'm in the middle of two vacations. So I'd be better if I were in the vacations, but I'm in the middle of the vacations. I'm back at work. So so that's why I'm just okay. But that's ridiculous. I should be way more than okay because I am just got back from a vacation and about to go on another vacation. But I totally so understand. I take, yeah. I, yeah. I totally understand that. I've been stressed between vacations too because there's a lot to get done in a short amount of time. Yeah, it's almost better not to have vacations, right? <laughs> I no. don't I don't agree, but <laughs> but I do no. almost every time I take a vacation, I think there's the moments leading up to and coming right back from vacation where you think, was that week of relaxation worth this week of stress? Right. But it is, but it is. It is worth it. it. Totally. It take totally vacations is. mental health exactly vacations are key you're never going to look back and say gosh i took way too many vacations no you're not where did you go and where are you going we were in tulum mexico my first time ever going have you been no i haven't it was a great trip it was uh, just bernice and i the master injector and i went and it was a very yoga centered kind of trip which was great. We we actually thought we were going to like a very yoga-y hospital. Uh, hospital. Jeez. A very <laughs> yoga-y hotel. Yeah. See where my head is? A very yoga-y hotel. And normally during the high season, it's tons of yoga. But they're like, no, it's the off season. So they only have like one or two things. Most days, just one thing. But uh, some days they had two things. But normally during the high season, it was yoga packed. But but it, it was great because I'd never done yoga every day like that. So it was really great. Wow. You basically took yourself on a little retreat there. That's so nice. That's good. Yeah. And and it all stemmed from that whole, my reading, Eat, Pray, Love. Oh, really? Yeah, a little bit. I, I mean, that was some of the motivation. Well, the motivation was just to get away, but the motivation to do something like that was kind of eat from Eat, Pray, Love. I so, like that. That's very cool. Yeah. That's you awesome. read it, right? No, no, I haven't read it. Mm. I've watched, I've watched the movie. I love the movie. I should read it. That's where I'll leave that. The movie, yeah, and and as we, as they always say, you know, the movie was by no means as good as the book. The book is way better, way better. I I definitely recommend, and it's an easy, fast read. You know, it's like an airplane book kind of read. So I I totally recommend it. Well, when I, I'm almost done with the book I'm reading now, which is my famous, I'm always saying that, but I'm almost done with the book I'm reading now. And when I finish it, maybe it'll be Eat, Pray, Love. It should be because, because it really, you know, the whole Eat, Pray, Love thing, it's, she spends, it's three kind of sections of the book. It's eating in Italy, mm -hmm. praying in India, mm -hmm. and then loving in, was it Bali or Thailand? I don't remember. What, Bali. One of those. Bali, yeah, Bali. and uh, and it was meditative and and inspirational. So so I'm trying, and Bernice too. We're trying to but be much more mindful, mm. um, and holisticy, and and all of that stuff. Well, speaking of a little 
some woo-woo spiritual stuff. I think that there was a pretty big full moon recently that apparently let us let go of some things. And I've been feeling much better since that full moon. So I think it's real. Maybe that's connected to your vacation. You came back and we're all relaxed, much more relaxed. Well, I, I did not experience the full moon thing, but that sounds good, I guess. It was supposedly a really cool one, that full moon, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. It was beautiful. And then I remember everyone kept saying you're supposed to be cutting ties with things on this full moon. And they're like, but not in a bad way. You're letting go of stuff. So it was a big uh, full moon for all of our astrology people. Did you let go of something? Yeah, I honestly have been feeling much more mindful too. I was I was kind of grumpy and I just needed to snap out of it. And I think that I didn't know that that was at the same time as a full moon, but then my friend mentioned that cutting ties thing. And I was like, oh, I know what I cut ties with. I was just in a bad mood. And I woke up one day and was like, this isn't sustainable. <laughs> wow. You cut ties with your grumpiness? I cut ties with my bad mood. Yeah. That's awesome. That's great. Did you yes. cut ties with anything more specific, like a, a particular thing or a person or or some deliberate thing or no, it's just a bad mood. Basically, I'm sure, you know, you've been adulting much longer than me. Things have been so busy and just, there's a lot to get done. And sometimes it feels like all you're doing is things and tasks and chores for other people. I'm sure you feel like that a lot. Cause that's truly your job is doing things for other people, but then you can start to get resentful if you don't do things for yourself, right? You're helping other people all the time. And you just begin to feel grumpy a little or resentful, which isn't just not a good feeling and not cute. Nobody yeah. wants to be around that person. That's very true. You know, it's it's funny, Liat, who the master injector's daughter as my daughter and your friend and the reason we know each other was telling me or she was just complaining of how busy she is, you know, and how she's just has so much stuff and she's always feels like she's not ever getting everything done. And I said, I said something kind of trite and probably she wanted to punch me in the face, but I said, welcome to adulthood. You know, that's kind of what life is, unfortunately. But I did say, you know, the way to get it. And I don't know if this is the answer. When I told Bernice this, she kind of hated it, but... <laughs> And to some degree, it's horrible. But I, I said, you know, the way to get ahead when you're young is nights and weekends. The way to rise above other people who are also working super hard. I said, you know, when you're young, you're still able to, un the unfortunate reality is you can tolerate nights and weekends and working, you know, all-nighters and things like that. And Bernice hated that I said that because she's like, I don't want our kids doing, you know, what we did. But but when you hear even like the amazing athletes or, or anyone who's really made it big, unless they're just dumb lucky or super rich, or that's what they say too. You know, they got up extra early. They, you know, stayed up late and it's a hard thing, but, but there's something to that. I totally hear that. I mean, I... I think I see both sides. One, I don't think it's good for anyone at any age, especially physically. I know Liat and I were talking about, we went on a walk recently too. We had similar feelings about we're both so busy. Neither of us feels fully relaxed because you're never done with anything. Right. So right. Phys physically, I notice symptoms when I'm working so much. And if I'm working weekends and nights and I'm not fully relaxed, it's maybe you get a weird rash, your stomach's off or your hair's falling out or things catch up with you even when you're young. So I would say, but on the other side, 
I'm sure you're right that now it's a lot easier than it would be later if you put that work in now. But I, I don't know. It's hard from where I'm sitting because I'm obviously biased towards not doing it right now. I'm young and I think, well, life could be short. Why would I work nights and weekends now? What if I don't live to be 60, 70, 80, you know? So I think our yeah. generation's maybe a little less hustle than you guys are. But I remember my dad, my dad said the same thing. He worked weekends a lot, especially right. early in his career. And it wasn't just, I, I mean, it was, that was how, how and when I would catch up would be the nights, you know, I'd stay up extra late to kind of catch up and and that would be, and now I'm at the point in my, in my life where it's really hard to do that, to stay up really late and still get up early the next morning. I, it's really hard. Don't do it. Well, that's going to no. lead me perfectly into my first topic. We're talking nice. health trends today and this cool. is relevant. Good this segment. is how... This is how I relax when I feel completely pent up. No one can see me. I just did like a physical. I did. Up. I like that. I like that. We, we should almost do that as a, a post. Allie, you should take a picture of Allie's pent up. I'm pent up. It's two fists in my eyes. Could you do that and take a picture? So we I don't know if I want people to see me with my wet hair and no makeup. And No, you look so, so natural and relaxed and at peace. Thank you. I'm to see it's a full moon. I cut ties. There you go. <laughs> so here's how I stay natural and relaxed and at peace. It's breath work. Have you ever done breath work? Mm, yes, but maybe not deliberately. Maybe not except this yoga retreat, I guess I was doing breath work. Okay. But tell me what you mean. So breath work, I've done holotropic breath work. There's a lot of different types, but really any breath work is apparently the entire goal of it is to release toxins and stress, which I think you already do. I'm sure someone who studies, I don't know, any sort of medicine might know like the way you breathe out is you, you're breathing in oxygen and out CO2, right? Mm -hmm. So I guess it's a specific way of breathing. The one that I do, I do it at hallowed ground in Venice and her, the class that I do, the teacher's name is Greta. She's lovely. Everyone should take her class, but also I don't want it to be full when I go. So not everyone. She says the goal is to make your, I think your blood alkaline. The more you're breathing by the end of the class, I do a 75 minutes class. The goal is to make your blood alkaline, which maybe you can tell me more of what alkalinity means. It says the ability of solution to neutralize an acid. So I think it's just the goal is to sort of neutralize everything. You're doing this sort of intense breathing to release a lot of stress and trauma. Without the science side of it, physically, it kind of feels almost, you're not hyperventilating because you're not pushing breath out, you're releasing, but it almost feels like you're getting back into a state of stress because you're breathing pretty quickly and really deep like you would if you were stressed or scared, and then you're releasing it. So I think it's releasing in that way that it's almost taking you back to those places of stress or trauma. And then you do three long holds. I didn't know I could hold my breath for three, two minutes at one of them. You're holding for a really long time, which I usually can't do, but because you're breathing deeply for a long time before that, you can. And then when you release, you it's such a weird physical, I've cried, I've laughed, just really blissful. I've seen colors and shapes. It almost feels like drugs, truly. But it's and not. You make, is it like an audible thing too? Are you doing like a lot of ohms and huhs and things like that? Yeah. In her class, I know each one's different. I've done them at different studios. 
the reason I like her class is because she'll turn the lights out and put on really loud music and we all scream at one point. So it's truly releasing. It's like you're going back into the state of kind of intensity and then everybody screams and she hits a gong and there's music and it's pitch black. So people can cry or scream or laugh or whatever they need to do. And nobody else can see it or really hear it at all. Well, that's good. Cause I, I definitely get a little self-conscious with when, especially with doing yoga and stuff like that. And you have to start making funky, the noises and things. I, I find myself, I guess I'm not an enlightened person and I'm superficial and shallow. I'll find myself cracking up sometimes. So I like the fact that it's pitch black and no one, you're not, you don't have to look at anybody and nobody's looking at you. Cause otherwise I, I get, I definitely get self-conscious. Me too. I totally get that. That's why I like that one. We lay down too. I've done somewhere we sit up and I kind of don't want to look at other people in the room and I don't want them looking at me because we all have egos and I'm right. sure you wouldn't care if you went all the time. Right. We care because we're newer to it. Right. But it feels really relaxing to do it in that space. And apparently there's so many, the physical benefits that come up. Some of these are just on WebMD, so people can Google this, but blood pressure balancing, more time in deep sleep, reduction of PTSD and feelings of trauma, stronger respiratory function. That makes sense. Immune system boosting. I don't know how, we don't know how factual these are. Release of stress hormones from the body. So these are studies that I haven't read, so I'm just going to give that disclaimer. But based on my own experience, I could see how stress would lower and everything would balance. I leave feeling lighter every time I go. Yeah. Well, it's definitely all, all that breath work, you know, at the very least is kind of meditative, right? It kind of and, and lets you mellow out a little bit. I mean, that's what I was loving about the yoga thing, too. You know, a lot of what I like about yoga is my wife and daughter they like going to yoga because they like the workout class. You know, they they like the workout, you know, they're, which I love. I love that benefit. But what I'm really loving about it is the whole being aware of your body, kind of meditating, trying to hold a pose and, and push it a little bit. That stuff is what's really exciting me. I mean, it'd be cool if I could do these. I You know, I can't do any of these cool poses yet. But I just love the just trying to be in tune and breathe and I think it's great. And I think that your, your, your breathwork class is probably a lot of, a lot of that. Yeah. I think that's a good point because I, I tried to go to a sound bath and it wasn't quite as relaxing when I could probably do it at a time where I'm already kind of relaxed and it would bring me further into relaxation. But when I tried to go, when I was very high in stress and anxiety, I couldn't quiet my mind there. Cause it was like maybe Tibetan bowls or something soft, the sounds, the sound bath was so beautiful. It was live, but my brain was just able to be on and thinking, and I was uncomfortable and rolling around and people around me were sleeping deeply. And I was sort of envious of them. It was not really relaxing at all. Whereas breath work, I was so focused on trying to do it correctly that my mind went blank, which is the goal. That's meditation, right? It's not thinking and being able to be present and in your body. So I think it's good for that, really, if that's what you're needing, which everybody yeah. everybody needs that. I think so. Actually, today at the hospital, I bumped into a, a gastroenterologist, a GI doctor, a stomach intestinal doctor, who I've known for a long time. He's a bit older than I am, and he's I've known him for at least as long as I've been, over 20 years. And I remember a while ago, he told me he was very into yoga. 
And I was like, yeah, he's a weirdo is what I thought, you know? And then now that I've gotten into yoga, these last, not even a year, but that I'm, I've kind of become this convert. It's weird. I was just thinking about him. I think it was even today. And sure enough, I saw him today and I just felt like, and, and we stopped and I talked and I told him how I'm into it. And we had this great conversation and I don't know, the world works mysteriously. I agree. I think you manifested him into your path today. That's my belief. And you got to talk to him. Yeah. I think so. Leah asked me to go to yoga tonight. So she's kind of in tune with us right now as well. Are you going to go? No, I told her I'm talking to you. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's Got okay. It. I did yoga this morning. I'm okay. We we could do our own little breath work together afterwards. We could we could do like a, a goodbye breath. There's a box breath that I read about that I've tried before. It's just in for four, hold for four, and then release for four. That's supposed to be very relaxing. So we can lead a little breath work at the end if we feel like it. Probably not. People can go to their various apps to find breath work, but there's some guidance for yeah. someone if they want to try today. Okay, and so another current event health news is the FDA approved the first ever pill for postpartum depression. Did you hear about that this week? Only from you, but otherwise I didn't hear about it. Tell me more. Okay, I think it was only up yesterday. I read it in the scam. Oh no, it came out. This article came out on Saturday. It's on CNN. It's called Medication Zeranolon. I assume that it's similar to treating any other sort of depression or mental illness. But I think what's interesting about it is for them to acknowledge postpartum depression as a serious, it's as a serious and potentially life-threatening condition. I think that's newer to really give that the recognition that it deserves, especially a mental health issue in women, specifically in pregnant women. So it's a big deal that this is coming out. I think it's a good step, but I also, yeah. I don't know. I wonder if how it's treated in other countries, you know, I'm sure that in France or wherever there's a longer history and are they treating it the same way we are with medication? I, I have no idea. I, you know what, it's pathetic. You know what I think of when I think of postpartum depression? What? Do you know? Do you want to guess what I think of? Oh, um, is it going to be a movie? You've seen every movie. It's not going to be it... a movie, but it's going to be a movie star. Oh, there was one that had it? No, there was one movie star who poo-pooed, I forgot who, for having postpartum depression, I think. I could be oh. getting it totally wrong, so maybe we have to filter this out. But for some reason, was it Tom Cruise who, because he's a what do you call it, a Scientologist oh. in the news a, years ago, poo-pooed um, Brooke Shields' postpartum depression. Am I making that up? I could be making that all up. I can but look it up. I have no idea. But for some reason, that's what pops into my head, as pathetic as that sounds. What did you say the name of the medicine is? It is Zulresa, called... Is that it? Yeah, it starts with a Z. It's called Zo Zuronalone. Zuronalone, yeah. Zuronalone. Huh. Oh, you're right. Tom Cruise infamously told Brooke that she was dangerous for spreading irresponsible misinformation when she first spoke out about her experience with postpartum depression in 2005. You have a great memory. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that nuts? So I'm that's sure... what I think of. I'm sure he couldn't have said that today. It would have been a really different climate than 2005. It was in the news and everything. 
and I forgot if it the resolution was in the news or if it just kind of blew over. I don't I don't remember, but I definitely remember that it was a bizarre thing. You know, a why the heck is Tom Cruise talking about it? But B, I don't know. It was just a really bizarre thing in the news. When was it? Two thousand five, and I guess I mean there's also an article about it in twenty twenty that sort of resurfaced it that said that he told Access Hollywood that Shield's use of antidepressants to battle postpartum depression was irresponsible. So yeah. he really <laughs> went for it. Yeah. I, I'm not his biggest fan, so I'll leave it at that. I think that we'll let okay. the we'll let the information okay. talk for itself. Right. I'm a big fan. So Okay. Know, but but still, you know, I I'm able to separate the actor from the stuff that he doesn't says when he's not on the big screen. Well, that's a very big debate because there's plenty of artists who are separated from their art who do horrible things. So do we want to give yes. them more time and money? Maybe no, maybe you don't mind. Yeah. I definitely don't want to give R. Kelly, for example. Maybe we stop listening right. to R. Kelly, Kanye West. We stop giving him our money. So I know it's an there's interesting some... thing. People love Woody Allen and yeah. there's a whole thing. You know, it's, it's sad. It's thing. almost you're upset to find out those things, but also when they're relevant right. to you, like Kanye and we're Jewish, right. right? Then you're like, oh, how could anybody support him? Right. Even though he's an amazing artist. Yeah. It's totally so, bizarre. I think it feels personal for some people. So you got to remember it feels personal for someone. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Okay. I have other topics for you. There's so many trending health topics right now. The other topic that came up for me this week that felt pretty relevant was an ADHD chair. It's a piece of furniture specifically designed for people with ADD or ADHD. It's kind of, I think, the chair of fidget spinners. Do you remember when fidget spinners came out? Yeah. The twisty little. Yeah. yeah, I like those things. So there's now, an what does uh, look like? I, that, uh, do I have to describe it for everyone? Yeah, you do. Does it okay. does it have like a bunch of like, you know, like a baby has all those things in their crib to play with and touch and spin? Is it like that? Uh, yeah, I think that there's ways for you to move around in it. What is good chair? What's a good chair for ADHD? I think it gives you the ability to adjust your feet regularly, move around, twist it around and sit the other way. That's my understanding of it, that there's a few different ways to that you can sit and play oh there's so many different kinds actually there's definitely not just one there's some where cheap? people are sitting crisscross there's ones where people have things under the desk my mom has one where she can move her feet there's an ergonomic one at wayfair i don't think that one's specifically adhd but it looks like it would entertain me 92 dollars. I'm very fidgety. I'm very, very, very fidgety. And Bernice is always, I'll be having conversations and I'll have something in my hand and that I'm fidgeting with. And, and she's always stopping me from fidgeting. I don't know, maybe I am. I don't know what it is. I'm, I'm fidgety. I don't know. Yeah, there's a lot of, I mean, I can share a screen with you. Nobody else can see it. But there's ones that allow you to sort of cross your legs, bend one leg and put it behind you. It's basically allows you to adjust frequently is what I'm getting. Which is nice. And it says back pain disappears. So wow. we'll, we'll take that. Exactly. Yeah. You know what else is in the news? It actually came out today. 
uh, speaking of medical things in the news, and we were we were talking about it, Ozempic a little, you know, the the weight loss drug, mm-hmm. or or it's really a diabetic drug. It was in the news today that there was a study done in diabetic patients between Ozempic and placebo, or it may not have been Ozempic, but it was another. It was a diff. It was the same medicine, but a different name compared to placebo. And it sh- and it was a huge win for the company because it it showed a twenty percent reduction in cardiac events like heart attacks and things like that in the patients in diabetics obese patients who were taking that medicine. So interestingly, the stock the the company that makes the that medicine exploded today. You know, went up. A crazy amount and and it was a big deal that 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 study came out so it'll be interesting to see it's going to take off even more i think those those weight loss medicines wow that's i mean that's good news as weird as i think ozempic can be for some people it's amazing that it's having such a positive effect on so many health I benefits so. i think so the only thing to realize is that there's some degree for any study that's done you could always tweak the data. I really believe that, mo- not not any study, but most studies, you could kind of spin the data positively if you need to, or spin it negatively if you need to, if you're savvy and and good at handling data and and manipulating data. So, I take it with a little bit of a grain of, of salt, you know, and it'll be interesting to see the future. It's still fairly newish thing, but it's it's definitely promising. And interesting. So for all of us who haven't been a part of a study, any sort of study, what does that look like? You mean they'll collect data and then it's just sort of the way they present it back to you, like careful wording or careful? A little bit of that, but they could also say they could, you know, say the study is from 20 to 90 year olds that they're stuck 20 year olds to 90 year olds, they could just pull out the data for, you know, maybe the results aren't good, but then they could say, oh, in 18 to 27 year olds, the data is amazing. And let's just Mm. pull that data out. Whereas in the rest of everybody else that does, you know, there's, there's a way to kind of, or in 18 to 20 year olds who are obese with da da da, the data is great. But in eighteen to twenty year olds who drink a diet coke, the data is bad. You know, there's there's ways to pull stuff out of data. It gets really specific. That makes sense. It can. I, I mean, that's. But part of designing a good study is making sure there are less and less variables, and there's more similar stuff, and having real randomized groups, and and being blinded to it. I I mean, there's. But at the end of the day, again, it's to some degree you could spin data if you're if you you know know how and know what to do. I know. I think it's good to be wary of all those things. Even when I read the, I'm looking at this ADHD trend stuff, and it says it helps people be more productive and X, Y, and Z. What people? Where do they get that? I think it's good to keep that mindset, even though it may just be true. I'm sure it does. Right. All the fidget tools, whether it's a chair, a spinner. There's a lot of apps. Apparently, that industry is booming. On Amazon alone, $23,000 a month for ADHD chairs only, not even any other ADHD products. Right. And so, if you're looking at this, 
somebody like that, you know, for all you know, the people who are doing that stuff are also the ones on medicines, whereas the ones who aren't, aren't necessarily taking medicines. You don't, we don't necessarily know that, but it kind of depends. That's a good point. We don't know if they're being helped because they're taking Adderall and they're in this chair or are they just sitting in this chair every day and their whole life changed? I don't know. Maybe both. I'd try the chair. Someone wants to fund it. I'll reach out to them. There you go. They can send... They can sponsor us. Yeah. I'll reach out. Don't worry. I got us. Okay. The final topic, and this is really all over my TikTok, is cycle syncing. So this is a process of synchronizing lifestyle choices with hormone fluctuations during the menstrual cycle. So it's very female focused, but I'm sure you know all about it as you live with so many women. I think at one point you've lived with four women. So you, Um, right? Because Leah, Bernie's. Five? Aviv, too? Aviv. Aviv was living okay, with us so for you, So you know how it goes with cycle syncing. <laughs> but yeah. apparently what's happening is that women are becoming just more aware of where in their phase they are, which is newer. I, I've heard my doctor talk about it, like your luteal phase and very specific phases and sort of what you should be eating and how you should be exercising at that time. So whether it's maybe not the day to go do a really high intensity workout and eat a huge meal. Maybe it's the yoga day. It's the day before your period and you're feeling really inflamed or whatever. So I don't, I haven't been cycle syncing, but people are saying it's changing their life. They have more energy. They're feeling a lot more relaxed because they're in tune with where they should be. Maybe they're eating more protein or iron or whatever, potassium when they're starting their period, they're needing... So that's all over. It's been all over my TikTok and I've kind of been ignoring it because it feels like a lot of work. Yeah, that definitely sounds like work, but it, it's interesting. I mean, I mean, it definitely, there's definitely a component of mood relating to cycle and it's often good to know. I, I know with my kids sometime, and wife, sometimes they react to certain things depending on where they are in their cycle and it's good to know to be self-aware of that sometimes it's because of where you are in your cycle that you're reacting to some degree a little differently than you would if you were in a different place. So there must be some more to it than just that. Yeah, apparently part of it is that the mindfulness of it, like you're saying, you're totally on, is that that brings a positive effect of awareness and people feeling comfortable talking about it emotionally, physically, and then just mental health wise, because it's something that felt sort of taboo or you never want to say I'm moody because I'm on my period. But if you're really self-aware and you say, oh, I'm here, I'm actually, my fuse is a little shorter today. Maybe I'm a little less patient than usual. It's kind of a reframing. I think it's good. Yeah, no, I think it's, it's interesting. Speaking of blowing up on TikTok, uh, the other day we kind of went viral uh with with a post on TikTok and instagram and it was sent it was shared by some other i guess influencer in healthcare and uh initially i was really happy it went viral but then i realized i you know probably not a good idea that it went viral but i obviously happy it went viral because you know the whole saying that there's no such thing as bad press a little bit so i was kind of excited about just the you know, random people were coming up to me saying, hey, I saw you on TikTok or hey, I saw you on Instagram. But 
I, I, what I didn't like about it is I did this post kind of, you know, exposing a little bit about and, and talking about um, some misconceptions about healthcare and healthcare dollars a little bit. And in hindsight, and, and we did some follow-up posts, I kind of was like this angry guy ranting a little bit. And and you know me, and I think our audience kind of knows me. I'm, I'm definitely not that angry guy. I mean, sure, I guess I get angry sometimes, but but I, I kind of was a little harsh and way more harsh than I want to be or am or anything. And it just, get, did you see the post? Do you even know what I'm talking about? I think I do know what you're talking about. It was your post referencing pay, which definitely is a hot topic for everyone in any field. For sure. Exactly. And and uh, it's definitely, you know, the ongoing issue with healthcare, you know, in America, but in the world is is what's going on. And uh, and it just uh, uh, I, we took it down. We took down the post and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it still might be out there. And uh, I definitely don't want to be that, that angry guy. And and I, I do think, you know, there are issues in healthcare and and problems with uh, the money that, you know, in general, I think there's problems with with inequities uh, of money all around. And maybe, you know, future posts could be me posting solutions that maybe I have that that might be practical, but certainly not you know the complaining angry guy which which i i don't want to be although again it, you know it's kind of nice getting no press is I, bad press yeah no, I know. Um, but that being said i think it's good to check yourself and say right compl- at any job also or in any field really complaining is always like wah wah you know right. i've had so many I would say mentors or people I look up to give the advice of be solutions oriented. So I love your idea of thinking of what are ways that it can feel more equitable for everyone. I know in this country, especially paying for healthcare is tough and it's yeah. tough on, on all parts, on everyone who's participating. My dad's from Finland, so he has that. I grew up with free healthcare, see the dentist at school, see the doctor at school mindset that's really different. So I have always kind of grown up thinking, and I know not everyone thinks that way, like, oh, why go? I would love to pay a little more and everybody just get this thing without stressing about it that feels really vital. So I know it is a hot take and social media can be very intense when you're talking about anything controversial. So it's good to check yourself to speak about it later. And then maybe you do a follow up saying, here are solutions. Everybody's shared their opinion on whatever Twitter, Instagram, whatever, MySpace. We had Form Spring in middle school that was anonymous. People wrote crazy things. Everybody shares their opinion. And then you kind of forget, oh, yeah, this could be intense if people don't agree with me. So I think it's good. Good to check it. Well, I think it's good to address it. I do remember we also talked about it with Dr. Gilbert Lenz because I was mentioning how I had had an experience when I was younger of my doctor having a private fee or something like that. I don't remember the exact story I told her, but that that felt so upsetting as a patient. And then she shared some interesting insight similar to it sounds like what you were mentioning in your TikTok of how it feels as the doctor and it was good perspective for me so there's always two or three sides to every story it would be interesting to explore all those sides very true the other thing though is it's pretty amazing the feeling of going viral when you don't even 
you know, it gave me a drop of a glimpse. You know, I'm hardly a celebrity, but it, but it really, it gave me a very strange, odd glimpse that people I would not have thought would have seen it, saw that post and, and all over people were kind of commenting on it, which is a very interesting thing about social media. You know, it's, it's good on the one hand, we need it, we need it. But on the other hand, it's a bizarre thing that obviously I'm still clearly figuring out and, and figuring out the landmines that one can step on. It's that instant serotonin, whether it's a good or bad post of just seeing like or notification. I know there's so many studies and a thousand documentaries about how our phones give us that serotonin the second you see a notification. So coming on and seeing that many, I'm sure felt like a rush. Yeah. And and right away we we said to ourselves, you know, let's let's take this down. But we didn't because we were getting such a good response, even though I knew, even though I kind of felt like this shouldn't be up. So, you know, it was an interesting dilemma that I had. And, I, and I'm glad, I'm glad we made the decision to take it down and, and kind of make sure we don't do that again. That's very big of you. I've definitely, I mean, I had social media when, before my brain was developed. So I've posted some absolutely inappropriate things that I'm lucky I had no platform for them to go viral. It wasn't on TikTok. It was like old Instagram or old Twitter from high school that I said things that I might've thought were funny. And then later reading them were so insensitive or just inappropriate. So it's a different time that overnight something can be seen by that many people and you don't have the chance to edit. It's good of you to just say, okay, I'm taking this down. I'm reevaluating. I'm addressing it. Yeah. You know, it's different. Totally. And I, I, I often, my friends and I will often say to each other, you know, I think we're so lucky that growing up, we, we didn't have that at all. Cause I, I, we, we probably, our, our whole generation would have gotten into so much trouble, I think. Absolutely. I mean, and it's not, some of it is our faults, right? It's your fault. It's my fault to just be self-aware and say, okay, let me edit in real time. But some things I look back on, maybe a Halloween costume that was not appropriate before I learned yeah. what cultural appropriation was and that I shouldn't maybe be wearing, I don't know, a Native American costume unless I'm being Pocahontas. You can't be just a Native American yeah. because that's not a costume, that's a culture. You have to be yeah. a character. I hadn't learned that yet maybe and I put on something or that wasn't what I was, but there was something like that. It was like a Cinco de Mayo thing or like a belly dancer that I looked back on just a year or two later and thought, that was weird. I'm gonna never do that again. But I didn't yeah. know, I was little and no one had taught me that. And I grew up in a really just like white area where it hadn't been talked about and I hadn't edited myself yet. So I think it's good. It's a good lesson. And I think anybody listening that has had a similar experience, don't beat yourself up, just correct. Yeah. Do it, apologize, move on. Yeah, and it, it reminds me just one of my partners, Dr. Leo Gordon, who's a mentor who I love, will often say to me, you know, if you get an email or something or a text that that is disturbing, he says, never respond that same day. He said, go home, sleep on it, compose something, and then send it. And I think that's really good advice, too, in terms of how we respond to emails and things, you know, emotionally. That's so true. We, for, the knee-jerk reaction is almost never good. 
Yeah. It's great to take that pause. I have really worked on that in my personal life and professional life to just look for all the clues before I just respond something kind of hot-headed or defensive. It's a that's really good advice. That's great advice. Sorry, you want to give him credit? Yeah, Dr. Leo Gordon. He's actually been a guest on the podcast. So so I love uh, it. Dr. Gordon. Yeah. Before my time, but I I love it. I'll go back and listen for those nuggets. Yeah. I also want to now that we're talking about current trends, I know you mentioned the Achilles injury of uh, this week that we can talk about a current trend. So what's ha- hot and happening in our pop culture? You know more about it than me. So Aaron Rodgers, and and I'm not I'm not a big I'm not a huge sports guy. I'm I'm definitely not a football guy of of all my sports, but but I'm a New Yorker. So you know he was the the great savior for the New York Jets football team. Everybody thought, okay, this is the year we're going to win the Super Bowl. We had Aaron Rodgers on our team, this all-star, eventual Hall of Fame quarterback. And he barely lasted, you know, I I don't even think he lasted the first quarter. I I think he was in four minutes or something like that and then got injured. But his injury, you know, just made me think of uh, friends and, and even my own partial tear he had an achilles rupture achilles tendon rupture uh which we actually are, are mentioned on a tick on, on a uh i think we're going to talk about it on one of our posts as well one of our social media posts it's a really classic described feeling when someone gets an achilles tendon rupture or tear it, it's I, I remember one of my friends was playing basketball and he came down after getting a ball and he looked around because he's like, who hit me? And it really feels like someone like either throws a tennis ball or does a karate chop in your calf. It, oh my it God. Really, it's that crazy. It really, he, he turned, and I remember I had a partial tear playing tennis of one of my lateral tendons. And I, same thing, I looked around, what hit me? So it, it's such a classic presentation of an Achilles tendon rupture i you know he probably had that same feeling sensation of something karate chopping him in the calf and uh you know unfortunately it's it's a it's a season ending injury wait so that first of all is very creepy and second of all does it hurt because a tennis ball doesn't hurt that bad it, or a karate it, chop like right it's like a quick thing it's like it's like a rubber band snapping it feels like just a quick karate chop but then you can't walk you know all of a sudden you collapse so oh my god it doesn't really hurt until you try to stand again but it's that initial karate chop pain it's a really bizarre but pretty classic uh, and and to be, I don't know if he's going to describe it, and and I, I don't know the nature of how he got injured. You know, it'd be interesting if he's like, yeah, it felt like someone karate chopped my calf, but because that's pretty classic of how it feels. I know he posted on Instagram just about the injury and how upset he was, but I don't know if he described the feeling, which might freak me out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And what's crazy is it really feels, you look around, because again, it kind of happened to me. You look to see what hit me kind of thing. But usually it's just maybe you didn't stretch enough or there's really, we don't really know why, because obviously he's in great athlete in, in great shape, you know, in physical prime, but but yet it, it could happen. And, and it often happens, you know, after landing, whether, you know, you step back in tennis or basketball or something like that. It's such a classic uh, presentation. 
Wow. Well, in other pop culture news, what are you watching, listening, and reading? What am I... You know what? My daughter, Hannah, and I can't remember now, had us watch trailers. We just um, randomly looked at these trailers and... Uh, shoot, I gotta remember the name. It, it's this movie... Darn it. What's the movie? Um, Other Lives or something? It looks amazing. Mm-hmm. No, but but for whatever reason, we were just watching trailers. It's a Netflix movie about, I think it's out of Korea, part Korea, part US. And it just looks, it looks beautiful. And awesome. I, I, ha- I haven't heard of it. I'll have to check it out. I showed Mariana the trailer and he agreed. I got to look it up. I don't even know. I'm trying to think what I'm watching because I just asked you that and realized I haven't really watched anything new and I'm actually re-watching The Old Gossip Girl. So I'm not interesting this week at all. I'm trying to Google what, I'm trying to find it. Past Lives. Ooh, Past Lives, okay. Past Lives, yeah. And and it's it's gotten a, I, I don't know how it's been rated on Rotten Tomatoes, but it just looks beautiful, Past Lives. We may try to watch it this week. It just looks like a beautiful movie. Awesome. I, I've been dying to go to the movies again since I saw I saw Barbie. What did I see? Oh, no, Oppenheimer. So I'll, I'll check that out. And yeah. the other one I'm wanting to see is Bottoms, which is a new comedy. What is that? It's I think it's sort of like a coming-of-age comedy about these girls that start a fight club. Oh, I'm my sure. My kids, my daughter, Hannah and Izzy went to see it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Did my, they like it? They did. And I said, do you think I would like it? And they're like, we don't know. They didn't know. <laughs> okay, so I'll love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but I do want to see it. I, I definitely do want to see it. I'll let you know if you like it or not. Don't worry. Okay, sounds good. Awesome. Well, thank you for hopping on today. It was so great to chat per usual. And thanks all the listeners. Gross Anatomy loves you. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Have a good one. Bye. Thanks for listening to Gross Anatomy. As a reminder, Gross Anatomy is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. 